Uh, we have two readings this morning, um, first from Isaiah and then just a few verses that we've already seen from Matthew. Uh, if you want to follow it in the church Bibles, it's the first readings on page 730. Isaiah 43:14-21. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. And now Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, and that's on page 1001 in your Bibles. The Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you. May I begin by saying, first of all, how good it is to be with you today. And I really mean that. It really is good to be together on a moment such as this. Uh, you might think I have a strange habit, and I may be nodding over in this direction. What that is, is hopefully uh, cues, so the slides will come up in the right way. So if you see me nodding furiously over this way, it's nothing personal. It's just that hopefully we stay together. So hopefully it works, and we get the first slide up. <laughs> That's our theme today. Every contact leaves a trace. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you for that call you have placed upon all of our lives. And we thank you that you've called us together as your body. Not only to serve here in this place, but across the area. And Lord, be with us as we learn together all that it is to see your kingdom come. So be with us now. Open our ears, open our hearts, and open our lives to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's nothing quite like it. It's special. It's a bond which exists forever. It grows over time. It's always tried and tested in every way. It endures it knows few boundaries and it runs deep. 
The path is never easy. But the rewards, we are told, last from generation to generation. I'm not quite sure when it starts. When it begins to be knit together, thank you, in the, when it begins to be knit together, that bond that exists between parents and their offspring, between lovers, dear friends. But it's there for all to see. Sadly, at times it is damaged and it does not thrive for many reasons. And sometimes it's all I need. A hug says it all. And I know that I am loved. It changes over time, yes. But I am sure that we can all relate to it in one way or another. Loving and being loved. There are moments in my life when I intentionally make a note, a record of sayings that I have come across and those which have either resonated resonated deeply within me or have struck a chord so deep in my mind that they have lodged themselves firmly there. Some are sayings that I've just come across and heard others say. Some are from the great and wise sages of our times, while others come from unknown sources and have simply stood the test of time. I heard one saying, while watching a TEDx London talk given by an ex-high-ranking police officer who shared something of his life experience and drawing upon his time in policing, quoted this phrase, by Dr. Edmund Lockhart, which as far as I understood it, forms the basis of every forensic investigation. Every contact leaves a trace. Every contact leaves a trace. And as he shared, he explained how in every crime scene, the perpetrator leaves something of themselves behind. And likewise, how every crime scene leaves something on the perpetrator and anyone who's had contact with it. You see, an exchange takes place. And this is a phrase which has had and still has a most profound impact upon my life. Those five words, every contact leaves a trace, have lodged themselves so firmly in my mind and have influenced my life. Every relationship, every contact that I have with others. And I have become profoundly aware how in all of our lives, in every moment, by what we do and say and by what we may never do or say, leaves a trace with those that we've had contact with. And they with us. You see, an exchange takes place. Consider for a moment the contacts that we've already had with one another this morning. Our family, our friends, those who we've passed on the way here this morning 
those who may have cut us up or we cut them up in our rush to get here on time. I'm sure that was only me. The looks, the gestures, all that we've said or didn't do or say. The contact may appear small and insignificant. At times it can be as if there's been an explosion, the debris is strewn all around us. The collateral damage is bad enough, let alone of those who find themselves at the epicenter. Yet every contact leaves a trace. And if we pause to consider the contacts that we've already had throughout our lives, I am certain that we will begin to see how true it is that every contact leaves a trace. The question which is forever before us is what trace of ourselves are we leaving behind in and through the contact that we have with each other? Is it one that we're always proud of? If not, do we feel we're able to change how that contact is? Or does it feel as if patterns have been set so deeply, are so entrenched, that they can never change? Have we resigned ourselves that this is how it is forever? Despite the impact it continually has upon our lives. Are the traces we leave helping those if we've had contact with to flourish? They may seem simple questions to ask and to ponder. But if we allow the truth of them to sink in, they become, I believe, tough questions for us. For they force us to stop and to look, to consider and to behold the impact that we are having on others. For those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, aren't these and such questions the ones we must consider, whatever the cost may be to us, if we are truly seeking to fulfill that command of Jesus, to go and make disciples of all nations? baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. And Isaiah writes his words in the depth of exile. Thank you. The people, you see, have been led into captivity They've been driven from their lands, lands given to them by God. And for them, there is now no way back. They have lost the contact with all that was promised long ago. They've lost their inheritance. And all trace of hope has vanished. They're cut off with no road to return. And it is into this situation that God now speaks through Isaiah. And after reminding them who God is, I am the Lord, Isaiah writes, your Holy One, I am Israel's creator and king. 
and then of the contact that God has had with them in the past, leading them out of slavery in Egypt through the paths of water, which then extinguished and snuffed out like a wick the chariots and the horses of Egypt. And God then says the most startling thing, forget the former things. Forget the former things. And do not dwell on the past. Is God really asking us to forget? To wipe from our memories every trace of contact that we've ever had with him? I don't believe this is what God is asking. Rather that God is asking us to stop and to look. To consider and to behold a new contact that will leave an everlasting trace of the Lord's presence in our lives. And we're told a contact like this will be like a way in the wilderness. Will be, if we can, like streams in the wasteland. Why? Because God now says this. Thank you. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The words of Jesus and Isaiah remind us that not only of the deep contact that we've had with God in our lives, but of that which we are called to have on each other throughout our lives. By our words, by our actions. The call on our lives is for the contact that we've had with each other to reflect that contact that we've had with God in our lives. And whatever our task, or in my words for today, whatever the contact that we have, I believe that we've been called to a common purpose. For we are all God's people, working together to see the building and the flourishing of God's kingdom among us. And I wholeheartedly believe there are signs of such a common purpose in the life of Deanery, and especially here in Surrey Heath. It's a contact which I believe is both exciting and empowering. For a few months ago, a small group was drawn together that started to look on a fresh vision for the deanery. And we were stopped to look, to consider, and to behold the impact our contact is having on others. And so we've looked at where is God at work? We've asked questions such as where is the action of the Holy Spirit springing up? And not least have we seen this in a new sense of willingness from individual clergy and parishes to begin to work together in new ways rather than trying and doing everything for ourselves. And there are several things that we believe God has been saying to us. We believe God has called us not simply as individuals but in community. That we are called to serve God first, yes. But mission 
is central to that calling. And so we believe that we are stronger together. That God is calling us to partner in mission and ministry throughout the whole of the deanery. And we believe that Surrey Heath Deanery has that potential to be an effective network of churches, inspiring each other, influencing the relationships between parishes and the wider church and the communities in which we find ourselves, while all the time collaborating in mission and ministry. Deaneries provide this place where individual parishes can do this in a way that may not be possible on the individual parish level, nor the wider diocesan level. And so that's why we believe deanery is about those three things. About resourcing leadership. And we are now looking to gather together a team of people who will share in the creative and imaginative approach to the leadership in the deanery. The team will come from the newly formed Deanery Synod that happens following on from the APCMs this year, where the new Deanery Synod reps will be elected. It's about collaborating in mission. The Deanery provides the potential for the individual parishes to partner more fruitfully in mission. And you're a bright, shining example of that of all that's going on down into deep cut. How that partnership will grow and develop. Our prayer is not just individually here, but across the whole of the deanery. For this is good news. And it's the fulfilling of that command to go and make disciples. The task will involve identifying areas where ministry may not be taking place and suggesting new ways of how this can now happen. And we want to be asking questions about what it is that we can do together to release God's mission and looking at where people and resources may need to be distributed and imagining what this could look like in the future. And it's also, and importantly, about supporting ministry. Our hope is that the deanery will become a place where parishes are not seen as in competition with each other, but rather is a place where we encourage, where we support one another, offering to share the expertise and the gifting across the whole area. Areas such as safeguarding, GDPR, finance, buildings and grounds could benefit from such shared experience and offer training opportunities here in the deanery, for the growth of the church. So why am I here telling you all this now? Well, I want to encourage you all to consider if you are being called to stand to become a member of the deanery synod. For our prayer is that God will call together a new vibrant synod, which will bring together the fuse of parishes on common problems, will discuss and formulate policies, foster a sense of community and interdependence so that together, equipped by the Spirit, the deanery will become a place where we resource leadership, collaborate in mission and support 
parish ministry. And we need people who have the gifting to help us to achieve this. To help us in this re-envisioning of deanery. To behold a new way. To perceive all that God is now doing. We need people like you. People of vision. Creativity. Energy. Having a passion for mission. Who are filled with the love of God. And having a heart that answers God's call and to serve. In short, we want every contact to leave a trace. A trace of the love of God. So that our churches, our communities are transformed because lives have been transformed. So let us, on this day, drawing on the power of the spirit of work among us, pledge to do likewise, to continually reach out to all with the transforming love of God, knowing that every contact leaves a trace. Let us therefore make sure this one filled with the love of God. If you do want to find out a bit more about deanery, I'm going to be around afterwards. We've got a few of these flyers which we would push out electronically as well to the parishes.